This morning, we're excited to engage in a conversation about mission. This is Galen Jones. For those of you who, uh, this may be a new face to you right here. Galen is, I, ha- I want to get this title right, the S- Minister of Spiritual Direction and Discipleship here at Greenville Oaks. Galen's held a lot of titles and roles over the years, but he's been a blessing all the way uh, through and has been a friend to me uh, in my time here and uh, is on the missions committee. And if any of you are interested in uh, how you might engage more the mission of God, uh, how perhaps you want to go on a mission trip or get involved with the missions group here, they're looking for people that would love to be in constant communication with missionaries on the field and uh, praying about those works. And, uh, and so if you have any interest, talk to Galen, talk to Steve and Joy Roseberry, talk to uh, Todd and Candace both. There are others that are on those teams that would love to talk with you, but uh, make sure to do that today if you, if you have interest and God places that on your heart to do so. So today we want to engage the mission of God. Before I move on, I want to say one word, and that is a, a thanks to Todd Vogt for filling in for me last week and for the job you did uh, and talking about just how we engage the mission of God. And uh, we want to continue that conversation today uh, as we talk about locally. How do we do this? How do we do this in our lives in a tangible way? And to do that, we want to engage in a story in Scripture uh, that we're going to ask you not to open your Bibles to, if you wouldn't mind doing that. Uh, you're not going to be in trouble if you do, okay? But uh, these stories, the Gospels were written originally as, you know, things to be heard, basically. They're written for the ear. And so this morning, we want to engage uh, a little more deeply and spend some time in meditation on Luke chapter 10. And uh, so we'd love for you to, uh, to listen. And here's the question I'd like to, to give to you as we spend time in this text. We'll spend a little bit of time in silence following this for meditation on whatever thought comes to mind the Spirit brings to you. The question we'd like for you to, to, to dwell on is what is it from this passage we're about to read that uh, catches your attention? that uh, arrests your attention, that catches you. And if there's an image or a word uh, early on that catches your attention, great. Just stay there. Don't worry about following this through in a kind of studied fashion. We really just want to see what, what way the Spirit may impress on you a, a concept or an image or something to, to take with you today. So I want to read from Luke chapter 10. Again, you're not in trouble if you open your Bibles, but would encourage you maybe just to kind of close your eyes to listen. And after this reading, we'll uh, spend just a moment in silence, uh, a moment or two in silence before we move on. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Spend just a moment dwelling on whatever it is that may have stood out to you or caught your attention as we spend some time in meditation right now.
We trust that the Spirit of God speaks in these moments, not just through the words spoken from the stage, but into each of our lives. And so this word may be meaningful for you, but it may be meaningful to someone who's around you or you speak to later today. Uh, as Before we move on, we really want to encourage you. If there's someone next to you that's comfortable to, to talk with, uh, that you're close by to, would you just share what that image or phrase was that, that stuck out to you in this passage? Just briefly right now, just have a short conversation. We'll, we'll pull you back together for our conversation as a group after that. Okay, let's come back. I want to ask Colin. Um, Colin, what um, what stood out in this? Uh, what was the the image that uh, came to you, or the thought that came to you as you reading? Yeah. So for me, right now in this, uh, I hear so much discouragement about the church and about the decline, maybe, of churches in North America. But boy, Jesus' word rings true about the harvest is plentiful. But also the second piece that the workers are few. It's not so much the harvest. We need more harvest. <laughs> we need more workers, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's a that's a challenge to me in my life uh, to think about that. And uh, so that's what stuff. What about you, Galen? Uh, the the thing that just um, and and I really love this this uh, text. Um, the the idea of a, a not taking anything with them as they go, um, which is pretty disrupting uh, when you're planning a trip. Or you wanted to go somewhere? I can't imagine. Um, I was imagining the questions that the seventy-two, as they're sent out, what, what they would be like, and for Jesus to go, "Oh, uh, no worries, don't take anything with you." Uh, anyway, it's kind of disrupting. All right, so you're talking about journeys, right? You took a journey a few years ago. It's been several years ago. How many years now since you? Went uh, I've been back about twenty years. Okay, so yeah. Galen was a missionary in Brazil. I, uh, and his family, the entire family went on that journey. And so there's lots of stories to bring back with you. No. Uh, so I guess I'm curious. Some know your story, some don't. Galen, were you, did you always want to be a missionary, even from like a, a wee little lad growing up? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, in, in fact, when I, every time I reflect on it or somebody will ask me the, that, this question, I, I, I became a Christian as an adult. And even in becoming a Christian, the last thing, if you would have told me then that uh, one day you're going to be in another country learning another language uh, and, and sharing your faith, I would have said, you're absolutely crazy. So, uh, no, I did not plan to do that at all. All right. So I'm, I'm going back two weeks. We talked about different uh, cities in the ancient world. You remember? And how these cities became books of the Bible, which is pretty amazing, these pagan cities. But it all started with just a few people. And I'm imagining going into a new place. What was that like to not have a church, to have this dream that God would do something with a group of people and to start just kind of basically from scratch with your team? What was that experience like? Um, the, you know, it started out with preparation. We uh, had a, a group of five uh, families uh, that started out at, at Harding and then moved to uh, did graduate work at ACU. And just developing the plan together, um, and, and this is one of, one of the reasons why this text is so important to me, because we had, and I even brought this, we, we had this um, brochure, well, a little booklet, uh-huh. uh, very detailed, how many, peop- how, how many people we expected to grow, and the, the church size, and, and so forth, and what we, what we learned there was that um, God had a different plan. <laughs> Um, uh, and and I, I've kept this because it reminds me of all the work that we put into this. And it was good. We should have done it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. But, um, you know, part of that was we had five. 
then shortly before when we were in the last years, uh, last months of our graduate study, um, we were down to three. And we had made an agreement uh, among the team that if it ever got down to two, we would not go because it wasn't in the book. (laughs) Um, the the book says five, 15, you know, so forth. So we just said that would be impossible for us to do. Um, So we were down to three. We left and we were really excited. Um, But we knew the minute that we got off the airplane that something had gone wrong. Uh, One of our families was really struggling with culture shock and, and um, we were thinking, gosh, we haven't even, we haven't even gotten to the hotel yet, and we could tell something was r- really wrong. And we were all feeling it, because one of the things that happened, um, when we had gone on survey trip, w- at least as we were kind of debriefing this with ourselves, we said, well, we have a ticket back. You know, if you don't like it, you're back in 10 days. Um, there's something about not having a return ticket uh, that just grabbed us, and we lost one of the families. And so now we were down to two. Um, and I can remember walking in the, in a, the central park, um, and nobody could tell that we weren't from, uh, that, that area, that region. And it was an Island. And, um, so my coworker and I, we were walking through there and, uh, we said, you know, we agreed that if it was just two, we would not come. It's two. We don't have a return ticket. <laughs> Um, which was huge, especially after we watched what God did with the two mm. and, and how the church went after um, over a decade. Isn't it significant? Luke 10, there's, they send them out two by two, right? Families in this case. But, uh... <laughs> That's not what we had in plan. <laughs> <laughs> you should have followed this book. Yeah, that one. yeah this one is much better. <laughs> well, so I think about culture shock and just the things that happen when you go to a new place. And uh, I think about one part of Luke 10 where it says, eat what's set before you. And I think about my kids, we, you know, as minister, as a minister's family, we'll, we'll often find ourselves in places where we're telling the kids on the way, like, okay, <laughs> Luke 10 says, <laughs> no, we don't go there, but eat what's set before you. Don't offend the host who's there, right? And I can imagine in Brazil, there had to be at least a moment where the family might've struggled with something. Maybe you struggled with something. Do you have a story about uh, yeah, eating what's yeah. set before you? Yeah, that was, this was really hard. Um, we lived on an island and so, you know, um, fish. Uh, seafood was a, a major staple uh, where we lived. And we had met this couple and, you know, cause we were just networking, just trying to get to know people. And we had met a couple that had a, a beach home. Uh, like I said, it was an island. So a lot of the, the families there had their beach home and then they had their home in the city. Um, so they invited us out. So their the wife is in there cooking the meal and and we assumed it was going to be seafood. It's we're at a beach house. It's fresh, really good. And I'm, I really love uh, fish. Um, and so does uh, Sharon. So we're sitting there, and, and so she serves the plate, and, and they have this, we didn't really know what it was then, um, <laughs> but it's fish gravy. Yeah, that, that look, <laughs> <laughs> And, and it, it's very strong. And I mean, I, I love fish, uh, uh, and even uh, strong fish, you know, that has real fishy taste. Fish gravy takes it to a whole different level. Um, uh, so we're sitting there, and, and she takes this, she lays the fish out, and she takes this big old spoon and plops it on our plate. And Sharon and I are looking at it, and we kind of mess around with it and start eating it, and we're, we're struggling to get it down. 
Okay? What we didn't know at that time, too, because there's a lot of learning experiences when you do this, and that's why God stretches you. Uh, but uh, you don't clean your plate. Because when you clean your plate, that means you want more. <laughs> so here she comes. Sharon had cleaned off her plate. And here she comes, and she plops another. <laughs> Sharon's eyes were about that big around. She was going, I can't do this. I, I said, well, we don't have to finish it now. I mean, because it's, uh, you don't eat everything that's on your plate. But yeah, it, uh, some of those experiences are... are uh, disruptions. Maybe, yes, right? they are disruptions. Didn't go how we planned. Yeah. Uh, so talk, uh, talk more about that. I mean, you mentioned early on the, the, the journey with a couple who didn't stay around, right? And so it's down to two... Um, in Luke 10, there's some disruptions that Jesus kind of throws at them. Uh, talk about that with your experience and with Luke 10. What, what is Jesus trying to do with these disciples when it comes to disruption? Well, one of the things that we learned, and, and we, uh, we didn't really look at this passage as part of our planning. Okay. This was something that happened later on because we were trying to figure out everything that we uh, thought that we had planned well didn't work that way. And, and what we came to realize is that God was trying to teach us to be totally dependent on him. It didn't mean not to plan, but he wanted us to recognize that it was him that was doing it and not us. Uh-huh. Because the things that happened in that decade, uh, two people could not have done. I mean, it was just in our face all the time. So I, I think as, as the, the model that Jesus sets out with the 72, and he does the same thing with the 12 in, in Matthew chapter 10, is that before you go on the journey, trust me. Okay. Because you're not going to be able to experience me the way that I need you to experience me if you're trusting in your own skills, your own plans, your own gifts. I will use those, but trust me first. I love that because, boy, when we have disruptions, when things don't go as planned, what's our first thought in the midst of that? Like, where is God, right? But maybe we ought to lean into that question a little differently. Like when the disruption comes, hey, where is God in this? God's going to teach us something, use uh, what was unplanned to, to grow us up, right? right. Every situation is an opportunity to teach us something. All right, let's move forward a little bit to talking about not just your work overseas, but uh, when you come to Greenville Oaks, which it's been how long now? Uh, 15 years. 15 years. Um, when, when you got here, the missions uh, program was wanting to, to grow and do something, mm-hmm. right? Tell right. us. You were telling me uh, just a couple of weeks ago about the story of Grenada. And mm-hmm. some of you may have, may have been on that trip. Some of you probably heard stories uh, or maybe heard Grenada mentioned. Some of you maybe not at all. But tell us a little bit of the story of how missions got started here in an even larger way. And maybe how disruption played a role in, in that story. <laughs> yeah, disruption. Um, when I came on board, we were, making, we were doing uh, youth trips to uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we wanted to grow that. And, and that was pre- predominantly a youth trip. And so we, um, we said, okay, let's, uh, let's start looking at some place where we can go where the people can have a cultural, not that Albuquerque is not a cultural difference, but uh, uh, travel somewhere and a, just get a passport, do something uh, uh, larger, a little bit larger scale. Uh, so through a process, Grenada came up. And uh, I was talking with a youth minister at the time, and I said, okay, let's not make this trip a youth trip. Let's make it a family trip. Let's engage as many people as we can. Um, we'll have about 20 families if we can, and that'll, that'll, we'll be a good start for the, our mission trip. 
Um, so we said, okay. So we sent out, you know, you do the sign-up right. thing. And well, when we got the, our sign-up sheets back, we had uh, about 55 people sign, signed up. <laughs> so the youth minister at the time calls me in his office and he says, Galen, you said 20. Um, this is 50. I said, oh, no problem. Um, because what's going to happen when we do the sign-up, when they have to pay, then half of these people are going to drop out. It always happens. Okay? So I said, just... just it, it's okay. So we, he, trust me, I, why he would do that, I don't know. But, um, so we came time to give the money, and we had another 15 people or so sign up. And, and he calls me in his office, and he says, um, Galen, a Grenada doesn't have the infrastructure to hold that many people. We will double the size of the island. Um, so... <clears throat> We went on with the plans, and, and the, the, uh, we, one, one of our dilemmas was we, it, we couldn't get, the, there wasn't a direct flight from Love Field to Grenada. We had to go to San Juan and then on into Grenada in a little puddle jumper. It held about 50 people, and they would only give us like 20 seats. And, and so we said, okay, well, we'll just go in waves. You know, we'll wave one, wave two, wave three, and so forth. Uh, so the first wave, uh, we get in the plane, and we take off, and we get to Puerto Rico, and they, our flight to Grenada has been canceled because there's been a hurricane. This is the second hurricane. Yeah, right? this was the second hurricane, okay? So this was the, originally, it was an idea because there was a hurricane there was a, in Grenada, you, right? Right. There was a hurricane. So you're on your way to help them in recovery, and another one happens. Uh, you, right. So... Wow. Um, so we, we spend the night in San Juan, and we're all, all of us are going, this isn't in the script. You know, we didn't, this not, we didn't plan for this. So we, um, we're there in, in San Juan. So the next morning we get up, and we take off, and we go on into Grenada. And we get there, and we have no bags. They tell us that they were only shipping water and supplies because of the devastation of the hurricane. So... <laughs> This wasn't good because we were tired. We'd spent the night in in the uh, San Juan Hotel um, Airport. Airport, yeah, what hotel? A wonderful experience. Yeah, what a wonderful experience. So you already have all these grumblings and complaining. So already, you know. Um, so we we get there. We get to the inn where we're staying, and the inn is devastated. No water, no electricity, nothing. So we're there, and, and there's even more grumbling and complaining because, you know, what are we going to do? We came here, we had a, 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 a youth track, an adult track, VBA. Uh, we had all this stuff all planned out, and we didn't have our clothes. We didn't have any of the stuff we were going to use. A little bit of disruption, right? Yeah, just a little bit. Luke 10. Yeah. Don't take anything with you. <laughs> So um, we got there, and some of the adults, I mean, there was a couple of adults that came up to me and said, if I can get a flight out of here in the morning, I'm gone. And I'm just trying to keep the Indians from getting restless. We are just, you know, and I'm thinking, this was my first, you know, they brought me on board to do this. This is my first one. I'm going to have to polish my resume when I get back because it's going to be, I'm toast. <clears throat> but we were sitting out on this big green lawn, and... The sun was setting, and we were, again, there was a lot of grumbling, like, what are we going to do now, so forth. We have this other wave coming in in the morning, uh, so what are we going to do? And uh, one of the uh, guys from the, the youth group says, you know what, we, we studied that, um, that place in the Bible where it said, where Jesus says, don't take anything with you when you go. And you, you, we talked about in our training that sometimes we have to learn things 
before we can teach others things. And, and maybe, just maybe God is saying, you guys need to learn something before you can uh, teach the Grenadians. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was amazing how everything just got still. Mm-hmm. The angst went away, and we said, one of them said, yeah, so when they come in in the morning, we're going to sing them in because the other flight was coming in the next day. And so we were, we were out there on the lawn when the thing drove up. They didn't know what had happened to us, okay? <laughs> and we're just sitting there singing. They get off and they got all their bags. And, they, and we were going, and ours? No, no bags. I think some people got their bags the day before we departed. So anyway, Perfect. yeah, disruption. So, so uh that shapes uh, uh, missions, right? Mm-hmm. I and mean, when you have that experience, you come back and you, and, and, and I guess I want to draw that forward to our experience today, because a lot of us are in moments of disruption right now. As you talk about it, you're either in a conflict, you're coming out of a conflict, or you're entering into another conflict, right? right? right. So disruption happens all the time in our lives, and we get to interpret that all kinds of different ways, right? And I, I don't know, I find myself when disruption happens or when there's not enough, tending to look just like the you know, grumblers and complainers in the desert, right, in Egypt. Uh, when they are leaving to go to the promised land. God, where are you in the midst of this? And where are my leaders taking me in that right. kind of thing? Um, how does this shape our mission locally? This idea of disruption, not having enough, Luke 10 and the sending that Jesus does. How, how, how do you think that informs the way we go about this? Well, I, you know, I think one of the things that we need to be looking at is we don't have to, uh, we're, we're all missionaries. Um, we don't have to uh, technically be sent or technically be called or have some type of academic training. Um, it is good to, to have a little knowledge of the Word, so you can connect the Word with the life experience. But I think to, today, the, as Jesus says in the beginning, that the, the harvest is plentiful. Right. Um, and, and people are in disruption. We can see that in, in political stuff that's going on, just the, the, the world in chaos as it is. So it lends itself to many conversations if we are willing to lean into that. Okay. And, and be prepared for it. And, and recognizing that we can't be prepared until we're there. That later on, okay. Jesus is going to talk, especially in Matthew chapter 10. He says, um, don't worry about what you're going to say. Yeah. The Spirit will right. lead you. So what you're going to say, that, that's a great segue into a question I had for you that I wanted to clear up. There's been some rumors and whispers um, about where Galen spends his time. Uh, in fact, some have said he hangs out at bars sometimes. Um, and I got a report from some guys that you're working with that are younger that you hang out at a, call, a bar called Foxy's. Is that right? And so I wanted to give you a chance just to clear the air and let us know exactly what's going on in these establishments that you go to. Yeah, well, this conversation. Uh, no, the, um, one, one of the things, uh, you know, and I love Greenville Oaks. I love being around Christians. Um, I, I love being around a, a community of faith. And, and without that participation, I wouldn't be able to do it. We wouldn't be able to be, do mission. Right. Uh, because part of that is, is coming here, gathering our, our energy, listening to the Spirit, reflecting with one another, and then going across the street or wherever. So there's a, a, a sports bar and grill. Somebody conveniently <laughs> left that out. Yeah, they, 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 they leave out the important stuff, the bar and grill, that uh, on, on um, days that I don't have lunch meetings, uh, that I'll go to, and, and I've gone there enough that I have um, facial recognition. In other words, when I go, people, know, they, they know who I am. And <clears throat> the, there's uh, some businessmen that go and they sit on the far end. It's just one long bar. So they sit on the end, 
And there was about four of them sitting there the day that, that, that it all got started. Um, now, and I will. I'll usually say a prayer and say, okay, if I need to be talking, if somebody's looking for something, show me who they are. So anyway, so they're down there talking, and they were talking about religion and Catholicism and this, that, and the other. And, and I'm sitting about four stools down this way. And I, I, the things that they were saying, I just thought they were funny. And I was trying not to, to chuckle, but I, I was chuckling, and you could see that I was doing that. And so one of them turned to me and he said, and I guess you're a minister. <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> so I know exactly what they did. They ran through all their conversation <laughs> in their heads, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, that lent itself to one of the individuals that was there was a, a guy that had transferred uh, here from out of state to work for all state. And there was some disruption in his life. And that's one of the things I listened for is disruption. Um, so yeah, there was some disruption in his life. He started sharing with me that he was um, uh, here. He was a lead of a team and he'd never done this before and, and so forth. And I, I just asked him, I said, well, I, you know, I've known some people in situations like that. Would you like to know maybe what you might want to do? Uh, and he, and he said, sure. So now he's inviting me. I'm in. Okay. So I started telling him about some relationship dynamics and te- how teams work and so forth. And um, I said, but, but before you do that, go home and just see if this doesn't happen at your at home too. Okay. Because we can do a lot of this training in, in, in our homes with our kids and between uh, uh, husband and wife if, if, if we're intentional about it. So he goes and does it. And so the, the time goes on. He comes back and he says, wow, this stuff really works. And then we're, we're talking, and, and he goes, is there a book that has this stuff in it? I said, yeah, there's a book. <laughs> um, and it's the Bible. Have you ever read the Bible? He goes, yeah, I've read the Bible, but I've never seen this stuff in it. And I said, well, would you read some for me? Would you go home and read these? And I gave him some texts. One's Genesis, and those of you that have heard me talk about it, Genesis, Ecclesiastes. And I said, now put what we've talked about and read it through that lens and see what happens. He goes and comes back. He goes, I've read the Bible. I never saw that, especially in Genesis. How did, I mean, so anyway, that's how that happens. All right, so you're listening, right? Right. And what are you listening for when you're sitting there? I mean, you said, mentioned disruption, mm-hmm. but is there certain language that, how, how do you think through that when you're Well, I'm, I'm listening for insecurities. For example, in this particular case with this gentleman, he wasn't secure in being able to manage this new position that he's in. And see, where I, where I go with securities is that's the very thing that Jesus is trying to teach us here in Luke 10 to be secure in him, because if I'm looking at my skills, my gifts, and all those other things, my plans, I can often miss him in the midst, okay. because I'm too focused on that. Or when we have all that we need, right. Right, then there's no need to right. be engaged in community. Right. And, and I listen for, for personal worth uh, phrases. It, it might sound like, well, you know, uh, nobody really appreciates what I do at work. I work and I do this, blah, 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 but nobody's recognized. And you, can, you hear these, these uh, uh, phrases in this narrative in your workplace, um, uh, uh, in, in, a, in a bar and grill. <laughs> And, and uh, just all over, if, if we're listening, and one of the things, that the key thing here is to listen. Because even the fact that you are listening, people long to be heard. And you listen for the segues into a spiritual 
conversation. And they'll give them to you. Yeah. I hope this makes sense. I mean, this is the call that we have, right, as, as missionaries, is to get to know people, to be in close enough relationship, as Galen often says, the greater the relationship, the greater the challenge, right? So the greater the relationship you have, the greater opportunity you have to enter in and really speak about things that matter most. Uh, it's amazing how life connects to Scripture. If we know Scripture well enough to enter in, and then we connect that, all of a sudden people see Scripture come alive in a way they wouldn't. Right. The Word becomes otherwise. flesh. That's right. Yeah. So... So often in our lives, I think we wait for the moment to be perfect, or we think maybe we've got to be trained with all the answers to the questions before we're able to speak a word. And I think this is just an encouragement again to say, you've been prepared. You've been preparing for this for years, some of you, right? Some of you are just new to faith, and well, you're stumbling and bumbling through it will be the, the greatest blessing also, because you're next to people, you're, you're, you're listening, and you're, you're praying to the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit provide what's needed to be said in this moment. As long as we're waiting to be prepared, it'll never happen. We'll never be prepared enough. That's right. The call of Luke 10 is, okay, you're not ready yet, but I'm pushing you out of the nest. And you're to go without anything, and you're to listen to people. And there's going to be people of peace. That's who this guy was, right? He's right. a person yeah, of peace. Yeah, person of peace. And, uh, and then you get a chance to connect life with Scripture, and who knows where that goes from there. Uh, we hope this is giving you some sense of what it might look like across the table. Um, how do we listen well? How do we love the people who are around us most to listen to what's deep there and, and, and to be people... Uh, of peace who are open to hear that and to pass that on. Uh, the kingdom of God has come near. It's always the case for yeah. those who receive it and those who don't. Yeah.